0: Hello and welcome to Udcast. This is head of school, Dan Glass, with you once again recording live in the Sound Lab here at the Brandeis School of San Francisco. Very nice to be with you on this beautiful, uh, I guess it's early fall, late summer. Definitely feels more like late summer, uh, sunny San Francisco Thursday. Um, We're going to start today with a poem, as we start every day with a poem. Um, This is from the book A Beautiful Marsupial Afternoon, New Somatics by C.A. Conrad. C.A. Conrad um, is a very interesting poet, someone whose work I've shared previously here on the Udcast, a Philadelphia poet, um, uh, very well known in the Um, uh, I would say avant-garde and queer poetry communities. Um, Really interesting writer. Uh, The semantics uh, of this book are um, basically poetry prompts or writing prompts um, that Conrad has created. Um, And then the book consists of these uh, prompts and then... um, and then poems that he has written um, uh, following those prompts. So somatic 14 is called your crystal grid, um, and the, the prompt is to um, imagine a, a crystal or a gemstone that one has some uh, connection to, um, amethyst, ruby, whatever, um, and then to draw a map of the streets around uh, around the, your house or where you are, um, and then take a crystal, assuming that you've got um, a physical crystal of the one you were imagining, toss it onto the grid uh, of, or the map of the streets, um, and then go to that place uh, that the crystal landed on on the map, and then... There's some additional pieces to it there, but um, just that set of directions gives you a little bit of a sense of the um, uh, sense of surprise and wonder that I think really permeates Conrad's poetics. Um, And uh, I'm gonna read part of the poem that resulted from that exercise, it's called Signal and Sway. Everything vibrates, and we get to feel Concentration has the love saying magic without embarrassment I fail the end of suffering without you Boots bought ten years ago by younger man, same name Every vibrating thing bared Teeth ahead, visible for some time An invitation to the fist So adorable, trembling for predators I guess I'll end there. There's there's just a lot to like uh, and be impressed by in Conrad's Poetics. One of the things, though, um, that I love about uh, C.A. Conrad's work is how much is invited into the poem. Um, There's a real willingness to take on the totality of a historical moment of the various subjectivities and perspectives that are present in that historical moment and try and give voice to all of that in, um, in uh, a poem. And uh, to me, it's very much uh, a through line back to um, Walt Whitman and sort of what a democratic... Voice in poetry could be and should be. Um, I think there are other people, uh, other contemporary writers, doing similar kinds of work. Uh, Juliana Spar and Ann Boyer both come to mind. Um, a very um, generous notion of the self uh, and the speaking self. And I thought of this because the the title of what I wrote this week is Pretend We're Together. Um, But, uh, you know, one of the joys of working in a school is the opportunity to learn and to bear witness to learning on a daily basis. Um, Yesterday I had a break in my schedule of meetings, and that gave me about 30 minutes to wander the campus, stopping into classrooms to see and hear what our kids are engaged with. As I stood in the back of a fifth grade classroom where David Wharton was answering questions about a recent trip he took to Bears Ears National Monument, as part of a shared project that he is co-teaching with Caitlin Houston on the history of the Pueblo tribes, a student turned to me and said, Dr. Glass, why are you here? And I responded with the lucky truth, to learn. It was choice time when I stopped into a kindergarten classroom with students scattered through an array of activities, some playing with letters, several engaged in dress-up and make-believe games, and others building with a variety of materials. I sat down at a table with some kindergartners who were building with Legos. I can rarely resist building with Legos, as my own children can attest, and picked up some bricks and started building alongside them. The kids were engaged in a kind of associative play, telling each other stories about what they were building, but clearly working on separate, distinct projects. Several of the stories included weapons attached to structures and vehicles, and there seemed to be some present history of conflict between a couple of the children in their imaginary play. We admired one another's creations as we built, and at some point one of the kids said to another, pretend we're together and we won't attack each other. And just like that the became, became cooperative and the students started building toward a shared goal of tr- a transparent fortress and its many vehicular guards. I was grateful to witness this small but significant moment between them as they worked toward building a learning community of mutual trust and shared endeavor. As I sat at the Lego table with that group of students, I was also looking around the room and found myself very conscious of which spaces of play were gendered and which were not. This summer, as part of our work week before school started when we came together as a faculty and staff, we took some time to study together about gender identity and expression from bathroom use to transgender oppression. We had a thoughtful discussion as a professional community about how we could support students who do not identify with the traditional gender binary, from the language we use, students rather than boys and girls, for example, to the materials and books we select. I was so impressed at the willing engagement from all of the teachers and staff in the room and glad both for the opportunity to learn together and for their enthusiasm about continuing the dialogue moving forward, which we will be doing with the support of educators and experts in the field. One small change I have made starting today is to include my preferred pronouns in my email signature to unsettle the notion that gendered pronouns should be assumed. Rabbi Katie Mizrahi of Or Shalom gave a beautiful Rosh Hashanah sermon this week on the importance of joy in the work of pursuing justice. She reminded the many of us gathered together that we affirm the humanity of the oppressed when we allow ourselves our own humanness by luxuriating in the small moments with our children or appreciating a beautiful, sunny San Francisco afternoon. I think of this as well in the context of educating our students, of teaching kids to be leaders and change makers and stewards of democracy, that we must do so with neither a heavy hand nor a heavy heart, but in song, in joy, in play. As the great Martin Buber wrote, play is the, ex- play is the exaltation of the possible. In the curious, collaborative play of our students, I hear the possibilities of a world restored, repaired, and renewed. And with that, I wish you all weekends full of joyful learning, my friends. Shana Tovah, a good new year to all of you. Shabbat Shalom to any of you listening on Shabbat. Uh, and I wish you an easy fast next week. and observe the holiday in that way. Thanks for being with us. We'll look forward to uh, being back with you on the GoodCast next week.